Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute, formerly Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders in their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also an adjunct faculty member in universities in the U.S., Germany, and the Netherlands. Today, I am delighted that our guest is Venki Rao. He's an accomplished and goal-oriented high-energy senior technology executive with many years of demonstrated experience in planning, developing, and implementing cutting-edge scientific and enterprise technology and customer-facing solutions to address business opportunities. And right now, he is the chief technology officer with Chemical Abstracts, or CAS. So I want this show, and the reason I created it is the rate of change we are facing as leaders is hard to keep up with. And so my hope is that as our listeners, you hear something every single week that either will change your behavior or change your mindset about how you lead and help you stay current with the changes happening in our ecosystem. And so this week, we're going to talk about executive mobility. So many companies are trying to recruit executives to address the current labor shortage and what we expect to be a much expanding labor shortage in the next few years. And years ago, executives were mainly men, and they moved in many cases several times in their career. And my father was one of those who moved fairly regularly. And at this point in time, with two career families, that mobility is declining. And so Vinky's going to talk about his transition from GE and how he's applying the depth and breadth of experience that he earned at GE and other places in his career to CAS and how he's using that to support the transformation that they're making as an enterprise. So welcome. Thank you very much, Maureen. Uh, Thanks for having me here. So can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what brought you here? Sure. Uh, As you mentioned a few minutes ago, I work for GE Power. Uh, Power is one of the six or seven segments in GE. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was the CIO of the division. And uh, I worked in GE for 17 plus years. And uh, I moved around a couple of times while I was there. And... uh, with my good luck or you know whatever it was, I spent majority of my GE life in Atlanta, Georgia. So this is a big uh, transformation for, for me personally, like moving from a corporate American icon GE, you know, a big mm-hmm. multi-million dollar multi-location organization to CAS, which is Columbus-based scientific, uh, you know, information solutions provider. Uh, it's 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 a big transformation from uh, you know from the industry standpoint. Mm-hmm. I came from uh, manufacturing and you know utility industry to a scientific information providing industry, basically a software developer with scientific data. And also, it's a big transition moving from you know a tier one city like Atlanta to Columbus. But it, I have to say, after living here for 14 months, uh, I think it's the right move for me. I thoroughly enjoy what I'm doing at CAS, and I'm also enjoying Columbus. So, one, for many of our listeners and, and global audience, they don't know what CAS is. So tell us what they are, what they do. Sure. So CAS has been around for, believe it or not, for 111 years. Uh, in a 
Today, CAS is a scientific information solutions provider that drives innovation and discovery. Uh, we started about 111 years ago as a print and publication division of American Chemical Society. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we used to do is we used to collect chemistry-related data and print abstracts. You know, we used to curate that data and collate it and print abstracts of articles and you know, send mails to bench scientists mm -hmm. or you know, formulators or uh, even uh, you know, scientists in pharmaceutical industry. If mm -hmm. they like the abstract, they would send a note back, you know, they, they'll in a return envelope, and we will s sell them the entire article. So that's how you know, CAS, which used mm -hmm. to be Chemical Abstract Solutions, started. Mm -hmm. So again, fast forward 110 years later, uh, we have digitized everything we have published in, as a print, and we have world's largest you know, curated scientific data. We sit on, I want to say, close to seven to eight petabytes of highly curated scientific data. A majority of it is chemistry-related because chemistry is a very interesting science. You know, there is chemistry in water, there is chemistry in coffee, there is chemistry in you know, petroleum, there is chemistry in uh, you know, pharmaceuticals, there is chemistry mm -hmm. in cosmetics. So chemistry is a, a common denomination type of science. Mm -hmm. So it kind of reaches to, you know, we, we reach more users that, that are into chemistry uh, than any other sciences. So that, that's what we, we predominantly sell mm -hmm. our information, our highly curated information. And we build systems, you know, these systems are our enablers. So they are like very complex search engines that we host in our private cloud. So our users can log in and search for whatever they're searching for. Mm -hmm. you know, mo most of the pharmaceutical scientists, they search for, uh, you know, if they're doing drug discovery, they'll be searching mm -hmm. for a certain type of reactions or formulations or, you know, and if you're a chemistry student, a chemical engineering student, a material science student, a metallurgical engineering, mm -hmm. you still use our flagship products such as SciFinder and STN in university environment. Okay. So let's talk about your transition. You came from GE and you came from Atlanta. How did you end up in Columbus, Ohio? That's a good, interesting question. Um, till June 2017, I have never been to Columbus. I've been to Cincinnati many times, but never been to Columbus. Uh, Cincinnati because, you know, GE has an aviation division there, so mm, okay. and I frequently came to have meetings with my colleagues there. Uh, so I was, you know, reached, uh, I was a executive headhunter reached out to me mm -hmm. and presented this opportunity, and I was a little skeptical about, you know, the city mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. not knowing who CAS was, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, at, the, at that time I also realized that CAS is a division of American Chemical Society that makes them not-for-profit organization, and I have never worked for not-for-profit organization, have no, you know, experience mm -hmm. with that. So I was a little skeptical about you know, even entertaining the opportunity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, but the, the this executive headhunter who I have used before in my GE life, mm -hmm. who I have known for a while, uh, said, "Trust me. You know, you at least make one trip to Columbus, mm -hmm. talk to them, and if you don't like, no, no big deal. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like you know you don't have a job." Mm -hmm. So. I came for the first time in June of 2017, mm -hmm. and I met the president of CAS, Manny Guzman, and and he Man was new as well, right? Manny, Manny has been—he's been there for four, little, little less than four years at that time. Okay. And, uh, you know, he came from uh, outside as well. Uh, he came from a publishing background. He's mm -hmm. a, you know, he has a finance, you know, background as well. So he. He, he was the first person I met with and I, I, I talked to. And Manny has been extremely transparent about uh, the organization, the strengths of the organization, the weaknesses or gaps mm -hmm. or, 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 you know, or 
opportunities and at the same time he had he had this first year first five year plan he laid in front laid mm-hmm. in front of me and said hey we are working on this and beyond this we'll have a next five year plan we are crafting you know mm-hmm. I would like you to be part of that and you know help build the next five year plan for us mm-hmm. uh, so we we started to talk he was very authentic he was very genuine all through the process so that's what mm-hmm. attracted me to CAS and also my ability to bring some outside thinking you know industry standards mm-hmm. it, it, most of the you know my most of my colleagues are my our employees in CAS uh, they've been around for a while you know it's when when you're working when your organization is 110 years old at that point Uh, there's no surprise you know if you find people mm-hmm. who have been with the organization for 25 years or 30 years mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. a lot of them you know they graduated out of their college probably from, mostly Ohio State. from the Ohio State <laughs> University and uh, you know they joined the organization and uh, they worked through their retirement most of them wow so if you take a cross section of these employees they don't know what exactly how things are done out in outside mm-hmm. world in different right. other companies they only know what they know mm-hmm. at CAS so i was able to bring some of that external knowledge and outside uh, you know experience and start mm-hmm. to look at things a little differently so you know that, that that's that's how i came to columbus that's how i joined cas and you know f- from it's that's been 14 14 months ago mm-hmm. and uh, here we are today so we're going coming up on break shortly but let's get into and then we'll we'll break and come back talk about decision criteria so you're in atlanta you're with ge the headhunter talks to you and says hey we've got this great opportunity in columbus seems interesting to you what do you evaluate for yourself and for your family to see is this the right opportunity are we willing to relocate and is now the time tell me a little bit about that process yes yeah, i'll start backwards you know from the timing standpoint it was a great timing because uh, you know, i i have two grown up children okay. and uh, both of them were in college at that time i still have one in college okay. but one's out but uh, so it children were not tying me down to a mm-hmm. location mm-hmm. or a particular school system or a city so that's out so uh-huh. second of all we start to look at you know if if you look at from the career standpoint you know I hate to say this but I'm on the back nine you know okay so so know. nobody can see you because it's radio <laughs> um I want to say you're about my age which means you're not maybe not on the back nine <laughs> barely but uh you know but at the same time you know it's a uh, coming and helping out and making a big difference in okay. an organization that's emerging that has so much potential is what attracted me at okay. the same time you know uh, i've been through the quarterly shareholder pressures and you know generating numbers sticking mm-hmm. to your budget making sure that you find uh, opt- you, you optimize your operations for 17 years or so mm-hmm. so it's it's a very different environment where i am where cas is more like a 110 year old startup the options for you are limitless you can do whatever you want to do as long as you know is going to yield something good for the organization mm-hmm. so all having that uh, responsibility you know now where i could come in and pretty much start something brand new so f- for example you know i was questioning during my interview process why we do not have a services organization because we have world's largest collection of curated scientific data and that triggered a discussion during my my, my interview process saying that yeah why, why can't we start a services or you know franchise if we start mm-hmm. a services franchise how should it look like so that gave me an opportunity to hey you know not only come in and do my job i have a, this little opportunity here where i can do something different something new that's going to take this company this organization in a different direction so that challenge is what excited me to come join cas okay so i'm going to recount that and thinking if i were a listener and and saying okay 
if I relocate, I may have some different opportunities. I hear way bigger impact in a smaller organization and not the quarterly pressure that you would have in a publicly traded company. Yeah, absolutely. And at the same time, relocation was also discussed. Mm-hmm. It was uh, on the table, and uh, I had to uh, obviously, you know, have consensus of my wife about mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and she has her own career, as you said at the mm-hmm. beginning of this uh, session. Uh, we are dual career professionals, mm-hmm. so fortunately, she's in a position where she has a lot more flexibility in her profession than I do. So, so she spends uh, half the half of her time in Columbus with me and she can work from here and other half of of, uh, her month in Atlanta. So she is on the road a fair amount. Then. Yeah, she's on the road fair amount, and uh, you know she is a you know, financial planner and a wealth manager, and she, her, and pa- she and a partner of hers, they own a company. They manage uh, you know a, a high net worth individuals. Mm-hmm. So they they manage uh, let's say a hundred million dollars with about sixty clients so it's a white glove kind of tra- you know, mm-hmm. treatment you know they provide the VIP treatment to their customers and she's the face of the company so she kind of travels quite a bit and at the same time uh, the good news is you know her clients are all over the country not just in Georgia ah oh, okay yeah so that gives her the flexibility to mm. get around so we're going to go on break now. And for our listeners, while you're listening to commercials, I, I invite you to reflect on if you were to consider all of your opportunities not limited by geography or organization, is there an opportunity for you to expand your impact in the world? We'll be right back with Vinky Rao and Maureen Metcalf talking about mobility. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You are with Maureen Metcalf and Vinky Rao, and we are talking about executive mobility, and Vinky's telling us his story about relocating from GE before there were the financial troubles we're seeing right now in GE, from Atlanta to Columbus, so a a significant move. And what I heard was you wanted to make a bigger impact than you were before and I trust you were making a significant impact at GE as well so you were looking to increase that even more and potentially change the entire organization not just a division so let's talk about two things what's your proudest accomplishment to date and what's your biggest aspiration at CAS for the next few years 
Uh, uh, sure, absolutely. And uh, I think uh, before we went on break, uh, Maureen, I was uh, talking about uh, services franchise, mm -hmm. uh, uh, building a services franchise. So I would say that would be my biggest aspiration to build a successful services franchise. And uh, for good, bad, or indifference, I was given that opportunity to build mm -hmm. that services franchise by our president. So I'm working on it uh, right mm -hmm. now. And, uh, you know, there are days we, you know, we work uh, 16, 17 hours trying to mm -hmm. figure it out. What is that we can package? How can we, you know, we build our services franchise? What is that our customers are looking for? What are their mm -hmm. problems? And how can we solve their problems with what we have today? Mm -hmm. So so building that into, building the services franchise into a, a very very successful uh, you know organization and uh, successful franchise is my aspiration mm -hmm. uh, I am hoping by 2021 or so you know uh, close to half of our revenues if not a little sh you know, shorter than half about 35 to 40 percent of our revenues we should be seeing from services side. So give me an example. I come out of the big consulting. So services to me mean consultants going out and helping solve your problems. What are you talking about when you say services? So it is, concept is very similar, but there are a lot of times there are customers, there are, there are pharmaceutical companies out there mm -hmm. or the oil and gas companies, you know, who are doing, you know, next generation research on you know, drug discovery or, mm -hmm. you know, trying to even, uh, you know, come up with a, you know, less polluted uh, gasoline or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, lower, oc higher octane gasoline or w whatever that they're mm -hmm. doing, mm -hmm. we can help with, help them with mm -hmm. uh, the data we have, the curated, highly curated oh, God. Okay. data we have, we can provide the information, we can do some kind of predictive analytics from them, we can take mm -hmm. a slice of their data, put it put put it with our data, put it along with our data, and we can do some kind of mm -hmm. you know research on it or analytics. Or if they are capable of doing their own analytics, we can license a slice of our data to them, and they can have this data whether it's one time if they mm -hmm. if they want it. Uh, you know, every time we update our data, they want a piece of it. We can build an mm -hmm. API for them and give it to them. So there are a lot of ways we are looking at it. And we can do even search services for them, you know, mm -hmm. if they want us to search our database for mm -hmm. some of the research they are doing, and if they don't have bandwidth or time or people, mm -hmm. we can provide that services to them. Mm -hmm. So we are looking everything and anything. So. Mm -hmm. At CAS right now, we have close to 300 to 350 to 400 PhDs that are working. These guys are curating the data that we, we get data on a daily basis from multiple sources. Some mm -hmm. of them are, you know, printed data. Some of them are you know, electronic data. We subscribe to different mm -hmm. providers mm -hmm. who, who are giving us data. They take this data, they go through it immediately, very quickly, and they mark it up. Is it mm -hmm. a reactions type of data? Is this for formulations mm -hmm. or is mm -hmm. it not? You know, And then they mm -hmm. pass it on to the tech guys and the tech guys take that and they index it and they file mm -hmm. it into our electronic data hub. Okay. You know, that's that's where you know, all the data is, and we mm -hmm. take multiple digests from this data and provide it to our products. Okay. So our, when people do searching through our products, they're, ac they're accessing this data. Mm -hmm. so, so that's the short way of doing it. So that's the type of services we want to provide. And who knows, a year from now, uh, we also have you know, close to 400 technologists, you know, technology uh, folks mm -hmm. that are architects, developers, tech leads, you know, business analysts, you know, project managers. You know, I'm not going to go build a billing system for our customer because that's not a part of our core right, competency. Right. But anything that's around scientific information, we are willing to do that. Okay, so now going back to the accomplishment. Mm -hmm. We are talking about my aspirations so mm -hmm. far, but we haven't, uh, you know, I left my accomplishment behind. So it's been 14 months, and uh, my first year or so, I've been very focused on actually the culture part of my organization. Mm -hmm. uh, 
as I said, you know, there are a lot of uh, smart people that work in technology organization, mm -hmm. and uh, they come in, they are heads down, they're working. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, you know, don't actually state their, you know, if, if they have an opinion, mm -hmm. they, they don't put it on the table because in the past, it was not really encouraged yeah. to do yeah. that. So I, I was working with each and everybody and make sure that, hey, you know, you work in an environment where things have changed. You guys are smart guys. I don't have to go outside to f f figure out, you know, what's the next thing we're gonna be doing here. The innovation, you know, for, for to innovate mm -hmm. something, I don't need consultants. You guys can help me, mm -hmm. but you gotta mm -hmm. tell me. You know everything, you see all the plumbing. Mm -hmm. You know, help me understand how we can do things better, how we can do, you know, today if, le if let's say we are producing, you know, a, a X of productivity and, you know, how can we do X plus something tomorrow? Mm -hmm. you know, so how can we help the organization? So I, I've been working, I created a, a lot of ways for them to give me feedback, connect mm -hmm. with me, to tell me, and a lot of people, you know, they're shy, they don't want to talk. So I gave mm -hmm. them a, an opportunity to submit anonymous, you know, kind of uh, you know emails to me where they can tell me what they're mm -hmm. thinking. If they, if they see something and they really don't, don't want to share that with me in person, they can share with me using that. I created, mm -hmm. I open up uh, every Friday an hour on my calendar. I call them Feedback Fridays. So mm. they can, anybody can walk in and give me feedback. Oh, that's lovely. You know, so feedback is, I, know, I look at feedback as a blessing, you know, because mm -hmm. you give me feedback because you care about me. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you won't. Yeah. So if somebody wants to come and tell me what we are doing right or what we are not doing right, and you know, if there is an mm -hmm. opportunity for us to improve, I take it. And then also, not just taking this feedback, I'm showing everyone how we are acting on the feedback we are getting. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I have a dashboard that shows, hey, this is the kind of feedback we are getting, no names, no mm -hmm. nothing, mm -hmm. and this is what we have done with mm -hmm. it. And there is some feedback, we haven't acted on it, but we have timelines to act on it. Mm -hmm. So people get encouraged by looking at it as, okay, so what I said actually went through him. He listened to me. Mm -hmm. uh, so that gives more confidence in them. So they know that there are, you know, they can come and talk to me. They can voice their opinion. If they see something that's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, that, that they don't like, they can tell us that, hey, you know, the, I don't think this works. Mm -hmm. In the past, that was never the case. They just mm -hmm. did what they were told to do and never really pushed back or mm -hmm. gave an alternate opinion. Mm -hmm. I think that's very important. I think uh, I have I've also created something called in you know, a silly, but it's called Mojo Award. Earn your mojo back. You know? <laughs> so there's like a lot of people who get their mojo you know, in last year or so got their mojo and uh, you know, I give them little Austin Powers figurine. <laughs> they leave it on their desk and uh, you know, as more people own their mojo, they get more Austin Power figurines. <laughs> oh, I love that though. Yeah. And it's interesting, each organization and each personality expresses and people care about those things, right? Yep, absolutely, Ab they love it. You know, the little mm -hmm. things like that. You know, it's not like they're asking for you know a lot of money or anything. Mm -hmm. It's a small recognition, a pat on the back every mm -hmm. once in a while, just to smile at them and tell, "Hey, you're doing a great job." Mm -hmm. That motivates the heck out of them. So, as we're thinking now about mobility, the the theme I'm hearing here is as I step into a new role, there's always the onboarding. I need to assess the organization, decide where I can impact and over what timeline. And so it sounds like culture, as you started that assessment, culture was one of your biggest opportunities and if not addressed, probably one of your biggest barriers. Ab absolutely. So I started to work on that and I also made a very quick assessment on you know, technology. Mm -hmm. um, I brought in uh, someone from outside who I've known for 15 years, who mm -hmm. used to work with me in GE, and uh, he has his own consulting firm now, uh, was the chief enterprise architect there. He mm -hmm. came in and I said, hey, take a look at everything, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think everything is you know where it should be, but mm -hmm. tell me how we are doing. What is and what's not. Yeah? So 
in 30 days, he, you know, he gave me his assessment, which I realized, okay, I don't have to worry about a lot of things because these things are going to continue. This, this mm-hmm. is not, nothing's going to die on me. Good. So I put that as my secondary priority and I started to mm-hmm. prioritize people over technology. Which is interesting as a, a CTO, right, that you acknowledge the interplay between the humans, the process, and the technology. And without the humans, even though it's a technology organization, you don't get there. I have to, Maureen, because if you look at it, we are, I'm fishing in the same pond as some of my colleagues, you know, with mm-hmm. big names mm-hmm. are fishing. For me to retain my top talent to or attract mm-hmm. other, you know, new talent, mm-hmm. I have to pay attention to my people, my talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, that's my asset. You know, I can't do anything mm-hmm. by myself. I need to have yeah. a team. A team should be smarter than me. I was always told by my mentors, you know, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, then, you know, everything will get done pretty easily and, you know, Mm -hmm. things will get better. Well, so smart people and a culture where you give them the freedom and expect them to go get it done. Absolutely. And they get rewarded for doing that, I'm assuming. Acknowledged, appreciated, and... They get to have fun doing, I mean, I realize the purpose of going to work isn't fun often, but there's something incredibly fulfilling about doing work that's meaningful. Absolutely. And if you look at it, especially in the technology area, unless something goes wrong, nobody comes and talks to you. If things are going (laughs) just fine, you know, you don't see some of the, you know, Mm -hmm. like like my colleagues, I don't see them for days. Mm-hmm. It's only, They only come knock on my door if something is not going well or something's not working. Hey, you know, the system was down this morning. About 50 users got impacted. What's going on? Mm-hmm. They only come when something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. So... Otherwise, nobody remembers who we are. So I mm-hmm. want us to have fun. You know? mm-hmm. So so you're absolutely right. You know, I give them enough latitude to go do whatever they are good at. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm building a trust factor with them. I want to be able, I want them to trust me knowing that I'm watching their back. Mm-hmm. So I can give them yeah. enough air cover to go do what they're mm-hmm. good at. At the same time. I want to trust them enough that when I'm not watching, they're not going to mm-hmm. go do something that's going to spoil the reputation of CAS. Mm-hmm. So once we have that going, mm-hmm. now it's not work anymore. We get up in the morning and come hang out with people we like. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a lot more productive. That environment is a lot more productive than if you feel like, oh, I got to go to work today. Well, and someone's monitoring me. And I'm, I'm not trusted. I'm not sure I'm making an impact. I do what I'm told. I don't get to tell my boss what I think needs to be done. That shift. Yeah. And for me, and I say this probably way too often, leadership to me is experimentation. I don't know what's... I mean, I have a, a good idea. I'm not mindless. But I don't know exactly what's going to work. So much like the Agile approach to software development, my leadership mindset is the same. We're going to set the direction, we're going to experiment, and then we course correct after a bit of time. And it sounds like you're doing that from a leadership perspective in a technology organization. You're absolutely right. So we are going to go on break here. We will be back momentarily with Vinky Rao talking about executive mobility and what he identified here was that culture was their biggest opportunity. As people, again, who are thinking about mobility, what kind of organization would you find most compelling? What kind of opportunities would encourage you to consider making a transition? We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. This is Maureen Metcalf and Vinky Rao, and we are talking about mobility. So we've talked about the job side. What on the personal side? Often people find jobs they love. They're making the impact they're trying to make, and yet they go home and they don't love the city, or they have a spouse that's challenged or the commuting is difficult can you talk a little bit about how that process worked for you and what considerations Maureen you know every everything you said is actually you know it's a reality today you know mm-hmm. uh, if, and, and a lot of people are struggling through that because that's why they they may hold back on mo- mobility or relocation or commuting but uh, nowadays if you look at it Commuting is getting very common. Mm-hmm. So when I was struggling to make a decision whether to take this job with CAS and move to Columbus or not, while my wife has a very you know successful uh, career in Atlanta, uh, I always you know value the opinions of uh, my mentors. I always mm-hmm. keep one or two mentors, you know, and. Uh, you know, when I get into a corner, I call mm-hmm. them or I talk to them just to get their perspective. And since they are not in my shoes, they can give me a different perspective and that helps me quite a bit. So I was talking to one of my mentors and say, I asked them, what do you think? You know, while I go do this, I won't be able to you know, see my wife every day. You know, maybe at mm-hmm. best I'll see her half, half the time. And uh, he says, you know, hey, it looks like, you know, everything you told me, you're excited about the job. You know that you're going to make a difference. If that's what you want to do, go do it. And at the, at the end of it, you can always come home over the weekend. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, there's no technology to get home or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a very quick period. Of, and it's, it's, it's a pretty straightforward flight between Columbus and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So I, I took his advice and uh, I moved here. And uh, I, I tell you, my wife spends uh, more than half her time in Columbus uh, right now. And uh, she enjoys Columbus. Mm-hmm. I like Columbus. I am very happy that I made this move. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, there are two or three reasons I really like Columbus. Uh, for one, people. I, I really like the people in Columbus. They, are, they have this Midwestern values and they are very hospitable and they are very genuine and nice. You know, people in Atlanta are also nice. They are Southern people, so they are very polite. But in, in the Midwest, you know, people are nice. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy, I have very you know, nice neighbors. Uh, the people I work with are great. And mm-hmm. I, I learn from them, I teach them, and uh, they, they, they are excited that I'm here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, again, you know, it may be trivial for a lot, of, a lot of people, but for me, I love the traffic. I love Columbus traffic. 
or lack no. of traffic. Well, you know, uh, compared to Atlanta, compared to Atlanta, and Atlanta and, you know, I, 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 I can breathe here. You know, I can mm-hmm. get to places uh, in mm-hmm. in fifteen minutes or twenty minutes. Uh, I can go to a restaurant and not worry about waiting for two hours to get seated. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it's it's great, you know. I, I really <laughs> like it. I, mm-hmm. I I live in downtown Columbus, and I walk everywhere, and everything is five minutes away with walking distance. And I love the sporting uh, events I go to. I I I have seen more uh, you know professional hockey games uh, in Columbus than I've ever seen in my life. I've been to many you know AAA baseball mm-hmm. games than my entire life. I you know I, I lived in Atlanta. Atlanta for over 28 years. You know, I've been to quite a few Atlanta Braves games, but mm-hmm. not as many as I've been to in one year here. So, hmm. you know, so everything is so tightly knit and so close. I really enjoy Columbus. You know, people people are the number one factor. Uh, spring and summer was extremely pleasant. And uh, it was really good. And I, I think personally. I think I made a great decision moving to CAS and moving to Columbus. So for our listeners, the the thing that I want to ask is, as you think about creating the life you want to live, what are those elements? For some people, it's living in the city. For other people, it's living on a farm. Uh, My stepsister lives on a farm, works for Microsoft, telecommutes, very different life. She raises goats while she's not at work. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's obviously not what you chose to do. And for each of us, we have something that really speaks to who we are. I also appreciate the limited traffic and I'm a cyclist, so I live right by a bike path and I can get in the warmer weather, can get almost anywhere I need to go in about a half hour. Mm-hmm. And that makes my life better. I couldn't do that in DC. And I loved DC, but it, for me, this lifestyle really fits who I am. And to your point, I, I have season tickets to the ballet. I, I performed with a woman's African drumming group. There's not much competition for women's African drumming seats, so it was easy to be invited into this group with no talent, no talent. But there are opportunities here that I didn't find in a bigger city that make the quality of life for me here much better. So again, for our listeners, I realize it's you may be listening from Japan or China or the Ukraine. For each of us, we're trying to find what life do we want to live? What part does work play? What part does our environment play in proximity to family? And how do we create lives in ways that weren't possible 10 years ago? So what do you wish someone had one of your mentors had told you earlier this sounds like it was a really good move for you at this point in life Mm -hmm. so what if you were mentoring our listeners what would you advise them at the end of the day they have to be excited and energized about what they're going to be doing in their Mm -hmm. career if Mm -hmm. a particular job opportunity excites them Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's all about you know if if you look at uh, the younger generation, they are very keen to know what are their contributions to Mm -hmm. their organizations. Mm -hmm. So depending on who you are, what age group you are, whatever makes you happy. However, Mm -hmm. this day and age, the technology has matured so much, your cousin can work in a farm on mm-hmm. a farm and work for IBM or in you know, a Cisco or any other Microsoft, you say, mm-hmm. you know, any other company, and nobody skips a beat. The same way, you know, if if you can do that, mm-hmm. great for you. In some cases, especially you know, in our case at CAS, we 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 work in an agile mm-hmm. environment where most of us we are co-located, and mm-hmm. you, we work in two week sprints of delivering code. So the technology mm-hmm. folks work with the business and product management and mm-hmm. other groups so we are all co-located so it may be a little difficult to telecommute or mm-hmm. work from in a distance but if your organization 
is giving you an opportunity to work from work remotely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I don't think you know in GE when we worked at GE, there was no uh, you know mandate that we should work from a particular location unless you are at a highly visible job and you need to be visible mm-hmm. to the leadership mm-hmm. and to your staff. Mm-hmm. You know if you are if you are a developer, if you are an architect, you can work from anywhere. Uh, and a lot of folks mm-hmm. did that. Well, and as a consultant, I went home on weekends and I traveled during the week. I, I realized for lots of people, that's not the choice they want. But for me, it gave me the opportunity to work in a broad range of organizations. I loved, I would say I have probably career ADD. So it allowed me to see different people and cultures and, and environments. And I grew through all of it. And the commuting wasn't that bad. It just became the way I lived my life. And so as you talk about your wife now commuting back and forth, my guess is it becomes quite routine for the two of you. Yes, it, it does. And you know, I, I go back and forth as well. You know, a couple mm-hmm. of weekends I go back to Atlanta and, uh, and uh, just to be with her. And uh, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's working out great. And uh, my, my only suggestion to folks is uh, do what, is right for you, mm-hmm. and, uh, because there are there are many ways you can get work done, mm-hmm. and most of the employees, in a, if, if especially if you are in a bigger technology firms, mm-hmm. it's very common to work from wherever, mm-hmm. you know. But until you get to a point where you, if you if you need to be visible mm-hmm. to the organization, once you are you know, once you are at that point, you need to make a choice, you mm-hmm. know, whether you need to relocate or not mm-hmm. to relocate or go do something else. Uh, that that's the you know that's where you know people need to actually make sure what's right for them and their family. And it sounds like for you that equation you balanced each element and. Your wife was comfortable as well with the commuting. Oh, absolutely, she is. And uh, again, you know, in in a in couple of years, you know, she she's definitely mm-hmm. going to move to Columbus, and uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, which I haven't uh, talked told anyone yet. But we are actually looking for a bigger place, you <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> just so that if our kids, you know, come, both of them come, stay, you know, stay with us for holidays or so, mm-hmm. we have uh, you know room for them. So that sounds like a bigger commitment to being here, not a, I'll be here for a few years and then bounce back. No, 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 I'm here. I'm here. I like Columbus. I'm here. I like CAS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be here for a while until, uh, you know, we grow this services franchise. So one thing we talked about, and I know we're coming to the end of this segment, Columbus has other opportunities. So say something went dreadfully askew at CAS you would have other opportunities for employment without relocating again. I believe that's true. I want others to believe that's true <laughs> as well because another reason mm-hmm. I'm saying is, you know, I talked to many of my ex-colleagues mm-hmm. from my previous life. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all excited to, you know, change their jobs uh, mm-hmm. or do something different. And they always tell mm-hmm. me, hey, you know, we would love to come back and work for you. But at the same time, they kind of, you know, hesitate when I tell them, hey, you know, are you willing to move to Columbus? Mm-hmm. Purely because, you know, they they might live in a bigger cities right now such as mm-hmm. boston houston atlanta chicago and moving to columbus they may think that it's a, a kind of limited opportunity in columbus mm-hmm. that's why they may not want to move but mm-hmm. i think that's not at all an issue here there mm-hmm. are so many organizations if you look at it you know the there are so much technology-related work mm-hmm. that's going on here. There are so many tech startups. There are so many established companies, mm-hmm. organizations that are looking for technology talent and technology leadership talent. I have no issues thinking mm-hmm. and saying that you know, I'll have my next opportunity and if possible, next to next opportunity in Columbus. So you're not that far on your back nine. <laughs> you're on the first <laughs> hole of the back nine. Probably. <laughs> I'm waiting for my financial planner to call me and tell me. Yeah, but <laughs> and unfortunately, that's my wife. So. I was going to say, or, or just kick you under the dinner yeah. table. Well, and we have a CIO forum with 150 high caliber CIOs. And as people think about communities and the ability to make the next, you know, if I'm thinking two moves forward on the chessboard, 
does the community sustain career growth? And I think in the technology space, we do. Absolutely, we do. And uh, I am a part of the CIO forum. I, I, I know most of my colleagues. And uh, every time I talk to any one of them, they're all looking for talent. <laughs> I know some of those people. <laughs> <laughs> so as we wrap up, do you have any closing words that you want people to hear? No, I just want uh, you know everyone to know that uh, moving from out of your comfort zone or relocating from where you are is is not you know that uncommon lately mm-hmm. and uh, i have done it and uh, i think a lot of people should look into it and consider it and uh, i don't want them to shy away from taking their next best job because they have to relocate to a city that they have never mm-hmm. lived before in i wouldn't have chosen columbus i I was a East Coaster, mm-hmm. and that I loved that environment. And my first couple of years were probably a lot more trips home. And now this feels like home. But I still go back all the time. I go back and see family. That's the other is the relocation doesn't have to mean death. It just means I'm on an airplane or in a car and maintaining those close friendships over decades. Absolutely agree with you. And clearly, since your wife is in Atlanta a lot, you're yeah. <laughs> the commute just becomes the lifestyle. That's correct. So for our listeners, I would love to hear your feedback. Email us at info at metcalf-associates.com or Facebook, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. And if you're interested in reaching out to Vinky to come work for him, how would they reach you? Well, they can email me. It's V-R-A-O at C-A-S dot org. Thank you. And we hope that you heard something that will change your mindset about relocation or change what you do, what your next step is. And if you are trying to recruit people, hopefully you also heard something that will inform how you structure positions such that you're able to attract the people that you're looking for. We hope that you enjoyed the show and look forward to you joining us again soon. Thank you very much, Marian. Thank you, Vanky. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.